it, it's actually kind of funny because some of the guys I work with, they know that we record on Thursdays. And so one of them asked me today, he said, so what are you guys talking about tonight? And I said, Frankenhooker. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> killing them already. I'm just speeding up the process, that's all. I'm not, I'm not shooting anyone, I'm not stabbing anyone. I'm merely gonna place a lethal form of crack in their presence. They don't have to take it. Nobody has a gun to their head. If they don't wanna do it, they can just say no. Do it, just say no. Just say no. Just say no. Hi, I'm Candy, the final girl. A terrifying tale of sluts and bolts. <laughs> and I'm Shaun of the Dead. If you weren't a guinea pig, I'd jump in that cage myself. <laughs> and tonight, on The House That Screams, we are talking about the cult classic Frank Henenlotter and trauma film, Frankenhooker, from 1980. We have Eric Wright. Oh my god, Bunions. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> Dave Gurman. Everybody play with the money. Play with the dirty money. <laughs> you go nice. When a man loses his hose, he loses everything. <laughs> and special guest, returning guest, Jenna Fryer. You let him staple your stomach? <laughs> oh, so good. Nice voice. Like my grandmother. <laughs> so, Jenna, what do you want to share about Frankenhooker? Okay, I I love uh, I never know how to say his name. Lot of ladder ladder. Pen and water. Pen and water. There we go. I love his movies. I haven't seen Bad Biology, but I've seen the rest. And I think this is his most like fun film. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like I think like um all his other movies uh were like a little more serious and they were campy, but I think that they were more on the serious side, whether it's this one, he just laid into the camp and laid into the humor. And I freaking love Zorro. <laughs> yeah, the polite guy in the shower from brain damage. Yes. Yeah. And that's his only other credit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a fun film. And there's so many great accents. <laughs> oh yeah it's like coming home for me yeah yeah uh nico so interesting thing about so you just brought up the fact that it's a trauma flick because i watched it yesterday just to kind of you know prepare for today i didn't realize that it was a trauma movie because i thought it was like one of those like just independent uh films that just got released the first time i actually saw it surprisingly was my very first horror convention at monster mania in 2013 in august because patty mullen was a guest at the show so i kind of wanted to get familiar with the movie so they were showing it i sat and watched it, it was me and my bitch face x 
And um, <laughs> we were like hysterical laughing through the whole thing. We were like, this movie's like really fucking funny. And yes. it's a really good time. And I got to agree with Jenna. I think out of all of Hen and Lauder's movies, this one's like the most fun and probably his best. Um, so I, I, and I definitely got the chance to make, it's, it's my, my, my opinion. It's the yeah, best yeah, of yeah. his movies. Um, but I had the chance to meet Patty Mullen. She was a sweetheart. And I had the chance to meet James Lorenz at another con. And he's, he's funny as shit. Like yes. in person, like he's, he dresses up as a doctor too, from the movie. <laughs> like he wears, I'll, I'll send, I'll send the pictures in the chat, but, but I have right. pictures of both of them, but I have one. Uh, Patty with the um the purple wig on, which I don't know why it smells like cat piss. But when she's by like herself, <laughs> when she's by herself though, like without like the wig, like with the blonde hair, like she's like it just just a better experience. And she makes the face with me in the in the picture. I can't do it. I was with, with the lips, because I have yeah, big I lips, so like I I could pull it off. I was yeah, trying I can't to, do that. Like, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't get my mouth to do that sideways thing. Yeah. Yeah, she does it like so well, like so fast, like like naturally. Dave. Well, just before we get started, I just wanted to um, register my protest about the portrayal of electrical technicians from New Jersey in this. (laughs) (laughs) Just put that out front. I never once have I ever walked out of a seedy hotel room with a bag full of hooker parts. Never once. Although oh, yeah. One time, there was that one time in, in Hoboken, but she didn't honor my Groupon, so I was pissed. But other than that, <laughs> just wanted, we're all, electric, all electrical technicians from New Jersey are not like that. Yeah, it's like trash bag after trash bag thrown yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. I just had the one. I just had the one. Oh, so you were. Okay. I'm efficient. Um, I want to jump in and say a couple things. Um, for me, uh, Hen and Lauder is, uh, I, I think Brain Damage is his best work, but it is so much more dark and serious. This is really his most fun movie. Um, Basket Case is, Basket Case. Um, we'll talk about that another time, but yeah, Brain Damage, which we've already covered, um, is definitely my favorite, but Frankenhooker is, is super fun. Um, I wanted to share just a, a couple things that we got on our social media. Patrick Vicious um, on Twitter says, I didn't completely get the appeal of Hen and Lauder until I saw Brain Damage, but Hen, but Frankenhooker was damn close to making me see the light before that. And then, um, yeah, uh, 666 Darkmoor said, firmly in my top 10 favorite horror movies of all time. So basically, we just got a lot of positivity uh, in response to um, us doing this episode. So apparently a lot of people have fun with this. And I have more to say, but, you know, I won't hog the floor. I'll let Sean have it. So, yeah, I, this film is great. It's fun. Um, it's hilarious. Um, I saw this, uh, I think maybe I was 13 or 14. And I got to say with the amount of boobs that are in it, like, <laughs> it's like totally on board. Not to sound like misogynistic or anything, but, you know, I was I was all about it. That's and. Just normal chemistry. And even the boobs funny are thing, always good. Our, Who doesn't love boobs? Our, our, son, boobs. our son Ash is 14, and he had asked us. We watched this the other night, and he had asked us, "Well, what's it about?" And I said, "Well, it's about a bunch of hookers that smoke crack and then blow up." And he could not quit laughing. Yeah, he was just like, "What?" And, and to kind of go off what Candy started with the uh, reading some of the uh, the Twitter responses. 
Um, I'm just going to read you the title of a review from IMDb that I am totally on board with. Best exploding crack whore movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah Gina? I can't argue with that. Um, that just reminded me, my um, one of my uh, second cousins was on this podcast about like women's rights and like it was like it sat she was so smart at it and and then and my mom uh sent it to me and my sister and she's like oh look at your uh second cousin in this and then I went oh I'm gonna be at a podcast about Frankenhooker tonight (laughs) (laughs) I'll send that to you (laughs) but in a way I mean that could be about women's lib too yeah I mean (laughs) this film does work as Kind of, you yeah. know, in its own fucked up way in women's lib. No. <laughs> and, Especially and, the ending. Like, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get, fucker. And to, to touch on what, what Candy brought up with, with brain damage, brain damage takes a more serious serious tone with addiction, as we discussed in, in our episode. Um, whereas this still covers the addiction themes, but in a more humorous light. You know, the second, you know, he's at he he's in that hotel with all those hookers and he brings out that bag of super crack <laughs> and they all start fucking losing their mind. I love that. Yeah. They are fucking losing it. And I mean, and that just, you know, that that delves into the whole addiction, you know, ideology. But but not just that, that when what he, he's addicted. To I was I was going to say with, with the drill, too. Yeah, and the drill. Like, that was wild. Which is like some crazy like Jeffrey Trepid- Dahmer shit. Trepidation, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Yeah. 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 I looked it up because I was like, I'm gonna forget that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, but he's like so into it. So trepidation, sorry. Stimulating different parts of the brain, you know. So that's also an addiction, you know. So I mean, Hen and Lauder just can't get away from fucking addiction. Yeah. That's just the theme there. And then you add trauma to the mix. And we got like you know a lot of like uh you know hookers and super crack and whatever. <laughs> Can I ask a question real quick? Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off there, but again, no. when when the hell did Trauma pick this up? Because when I had the original Blu-ray, it came from like Synopsis, I think, or so, or, or Synopsis or something, or Vinegar Central. I, I, yesterday was the first time that I saw Trauma. I was like, well, wait, I mean, when the hell did Trauma get it? I mean, yeah, I it's a Trauma style movie. They had to have acquired it because. I mean, we just rewatched it um, like Monday to get fresh on it, and um, yeah, it had it, it trauma took over. Has you know their names on there? Trauma. It's I mean, it so makes they sense. Could... Yeah, I wonder if he made the film and then trauma like got the rights to it, like or... later or something. Because you know my memories before were from you know young teenage me, and I don't remember. I wasn't paying attention to that shit back then. But so, like, when we watched it Monday, I'm like, trauma. I don't fucking remember about trauma, right, but yeah. trauma's involved. Yeah, that's why yesterday I was kind of, I was going to actually message you and be like, wait, when did trauma get this? Because it's never been a trauma movie. That's a good movie. question. Yeah, because I don't know. Um, Dave? Yeah, so where um, brain damage was, was strictly about addiction, this one is um, the objectification of women in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the, those scenes where he's, like, measuring the prostitutes and he's like, he draws a check mark on one of the um, yeah. ass and that's it's the like, ass that she gets. <laughs> yeah, and then the fact that like when he's um, got her, he's he's doing his diagrams. It's just a picture of her face, 
like all that matters to him is that it's her face, but like the perfect body. It's all about the objectification of women. I guess we can talk about that deeper. But yeah, that, again, it, this, this, uh, uh, Frank's films are just, they're deeper. Once you watch them, there's more going on under the surface there. I was blown away by brain damage. I'm a total convert after watching brain damage. And this one just, uh, you know, pushed me further down that road. Yeah. And Dave, I wanted to say something directly to you because I knew that you would be the one to get it. And so I'm sorry to jump in on everybody, but I promise I won't do it again. Um, that's not exactly true, probably, but I don't mean to. Um, but Dave, you know, doesn't this remind you of the brain that wouldn't die? Yeah. It, uh, it because does. he's, he, you know, he, he, um, you know, the girlfriend dies, the fiance dies, he has her head, he keeps it he alive. <laughs> and then he's out shopping for bodies, but then he gets real fucking sleazy because he's looking at like real sleazy women. Funny, you know, not just like he wanted to give her anybody, he wanted to give her a body that he liked. Yeah, a sexy, body. hot body. And I'm like, you motherfucker. So, I mean, I feel like this is really an updated version of The Brain That Wouldn't Die. It's just as stanky and sleazy as that one was. But it and could apparently, um, Eyeball Brain um, was from the original poster for The Brain That Wouldn't Die, but it doesn't appear in the movie. Oh. Um, it's one of those uh, bait and switches. But yeah, that's where they got the idea. Because I, I have a note here that I wanted to know more about Eyeball. You know me, I love my backstory. Right, right. I wanted, I wanted to know more. That, about that you do. I want to know more about eyeball brain. Like, where did yeah. eyeball brain come from? It's just. <laughs> I wanted to bring up. I I feel like, uh, and I don't know this for sure, but you know, with the eyeball brain being there, it's it's probably just saying yes, I am aware of the brain that wouldn't die, and yeah. yes, I got some ideas from that because yeah, this looks, seems like an updated version of it, really, honestly. And, and if you look at the poster for uh, the brain that wouldn't die, yeah, it's exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. replicated that from so i love that little bit of a, a homage a little throwback to that yeah great film great episode by of mystery science theater yes. one of the best mike's first one of the best mike's first so yeah thank you for letting me step all over your your turn I'm, i apologize for that uh jenna um i was gonna say um possibly the why trauma has it maybe is because of um trauma now they got the rights to it because I think like Troma now is just all of their movies that they stream. So maybe they ended up getting it that way. I don't know, but that's speculation. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, that, that would make sense. Um, and what was I going to say about to kind of piggyback off of the, uh, when he's kind of like looking at all of these sleazy women, <laughs> like objectification. Them. Yeah, uh, I forgot what I was gonna say about that. That's never mind. When it comes back to that happens. Up, I apologize. I, I stepped on somebody else's turn. I apologize for that. Oh, I have the memory of a goldfish. So <laughs> sometimes it's a while till you get to somebody's turn. I kind of scribble like scribble notes. God damn it! I can't even talk tonight. <laughs> Want a date? Got any money? Nico. Actually, Erica was first. Uh, yeah, thank you. I didn't have a turn yet. So, okay, um, I'm sorry, Erica. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, as far as, like, the object objectification of women thing, like, when the, the fiancé, uh, Elizabeth, at the beginning she's saying that she's fat, and she yeah. is not fat. Not fat at all. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the actress was wearing a fat suit underneath that hideous outfit, and she yeah. still does fat. Although yeah, I think still... she deserved to die for that fashion choice. But <laughs> that's like the ugliest outfit I've seen. But I yeah, mean, like a jumper. That, 
That was just kind of a weird bit of like dialogue that where she's complaining that she's too fat and Jeffrey's too weird. And it's like, she's not fat though. There's nothing wrong with her. But uh, that that was just like an interesting bit of trivia there. (laughs) The 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 actress who I think she was a penthouse pet before this film Mm -hmm. came out. Yeah, she was wearing a fat suit underneath that hideous outfit, and you can't tell like (laughs) she looks perfectly fine. That was uh, that was interesting. It was like maybe a size ten, like oh god, not bad. <laughs> I know, but yeah, the, the terror of size ten, what a what a heifer. I would literally <laughs> kill somebody to be size ten right now. <laughs> the other thing, as far as like um, talk about reducing women to their body parts, that final scene where all those parts come out of the cooler and they're fused together in this sort of society esque flesh pile i was just like okay what what the hell is this about like when did that when did that become a thing how did those rules come about where this could happen didn't mean it wasn't hilarious as hell but no very henin lotterish if that's a word we'll make it a word yeah it it could be a word (laughs) (laughs) oh it should be (laughs) um nico to kind of piggyback off what everybody else is saying about the uh, the objective of women on this and I do agree that it, it definitely spends a good chunk of the runtime um, pretty much because again like this was at a time like during the 90s when this was like a big big thing um, you know and also too I, I completely didn't realize so I didn't watch it again Heather Heather Hunter was one of the girls in the in the hotel room the, <laughs> the porn star Heather Hunter was was one of the girls mm-hmm. that's actually who she gets her arm from is Heather Hunter um, but also too it, it kind of flips where it's not just the objectification of women, but also to how it's female empowerment that when she becomes, you know, the Frankenhooker, want to date, want, got money, she's pretty much in control. And like, she's using like her raw sexuality to kind of like, not necessarily like she doesn't realize what she's doing, that she's like, you know, killing these guys. But like, even the guy, like, like the first, the first trick that she gets, mm-hmm. like he's like, and he, he dies happy because he's, yeah, he was you know thrilled. what I mean? <laughs> right. And then like, even like, like the guy trying to take advantage of her in the hallway. I mean, he gets his comeuppance, but you know, the, the whole thing is that she's empowered the entire time. And then she finally realizes that at the right time. And then obviously the twist ending, which I never saw that coming for the No, end, I didn't expect with, that. Yeah. Yeah, when I when I first, we were dying when the first time we saw them, we were like, "What the fuck? Like, this is great." Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and and James Lorenz is fucking great in this movie. He definitely carries the movie on his shoulders, and he kind of yeah, runs he has with to. it. I mean, he has a lot of scenes where he's just talking to himself, and that's hard to do. Hard to act yeah. like, you know. And you know, you know what's funny because again, I, I I saw this later on at at Monster Mania for the first time. But the first time I saw James Lorenz was actually in the Jerky Boys movie when he played uh, uh, Brett Weir. So because I, I grew up, I don't know about you guys, I don't know if, if uh, Dave and and Sean or anybody else really grew up, but I grew up listening to the Jerky Boys like religiously. Yeah, and, I, I listened you know. once in a while. Yeah. Dude, we used to and, we used to do prank calls like the Jerky yeah. Boys. They were like our inspiration. Ones, yeah. Yeah, and, and like Brett Brett Weir was one of the characters that they on, on the first tape, so it was kind of funny that when the movie was coming out that they did Brett Weir and it was James Lorenz and a lot of people knew him from Frankenhooker, so that kind of made me curious to watch the movie. I just never got around to it. Plus the fact that Bill Murray gave it a shout out on the cover. Yeah, I was gonna say Bill Murray loves this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> that's fucking. That's, awesome. that's like another. Did did he need to be cooler? I guess. 
so because he's even cooler now. <laughs> I should have wore a Bill Murray t-shirt because I have a couple. That would have made more sense, I guess, with a nice Daniel Harris, but whatever. But but Sean loved it. <laughs> I like Daniel yeah. Harris, but not as much well, like he does. Oh no. No, Sean, yeah. <laughs> we saw her at Whorehound, and I'm just like and then it was like me with Billy Zane. Like I couldn't walk right. I yeah. was like, okay. And now across the room. I'm like, yeah. I gotta get over there and get a photograph, but I can't walk. And he's like, why can't you walk? And I'm like, it's hard to explain. Um, Might have to get this dude in a headlock. <laughs> that beautiful head. <laughs> get him a headlock and just run it down. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not usually into bald dudes, but he's hot. Um, <laughs> I would say, I'm um, talking about the objectification of, of women. Um, it's definitely, and, and that's that's a trauma trademark, which, you know, that's why this fits in so well with trauma films. You know, um, there's really no rule you know they're always objectifying women and they're always going there with all you know so this, this fits in so well but um i think so there was some kind of interesting shit um like with when she does the purple nipple reveal there was also supposed to be purple pubic hair and they kept dying the body doubles pubic hair to get the right shade of purple and then they didn't even use the scene can you imagine having i mean Having your pubic hair dyed over and over again. I mean, like, people all up in your, your junk, dying in your hair. And, like, yeah, that's not the right color. Let's get some more purple on there. And, like, you know. Like, and that's back before they had stuff to do that. So that was just straight up hair dye. Yeah. On, yeah. And, and, and that, reading that made me think about Return of the Living Dead and what they did with, with Linnea Quigley's yeah. Yeah. vagina. And they they made they made her shave it and then they made a prosthetic for to it. To go over it. And like she's like I was absolutely nude. Completely <laughs> <laughs> nude. Wait, I just have a quick question. Wait, so that was a body double from when her her um, when she's naked as Frankenhooker. Uh, nipple, but the pubic hair was going to be a body double. Okay, because I was say because Patty Mullen was um a penthouse pet of the year by right, that point. Yeah, I think was, so. That wouldn't have been known for being a centerfold. So it was um. Yeah. So, but but the pubic hair was going to be a body double. I don't know. Maybe it was because of the the hair dyeing. Um. Yeah. Because pubic hair was still a thing then. Now it's like if you have pubic hair, people think you're fucking gross. Thanks, porn. Um. <laughs> yeah. Constantly making my life difficult. But what I do, what I do like, and this, oh, maybe I shouldn't share this. No, share, please. Share. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Okay. So like, you know, when I started to get boobs, I would have those little kind of like bumps on my areola. And like when he's doing like the zoom in with that magnifying glass and her natural boobs, and she had those and like, oh, that's normal to have those on your areola. Okay. Like it it kind of taught me something, you know, because I was starting to get boobs the first time I watched this. By the way, my boobs look like that a little bit. That's normal then. Because it it had been so long since I had seen this and I forgot when you mentioned that. That was one of the scenes that, like, I actually, like, laughed out loud because, like, it's just, like, the magnifying glass is right on. And you see his little little finger, like, just, like, poking at it and, poking like, it. just yeah. whatever. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, like, can this movie get any more batshit crazy? And, of course, the answer <laughs> yes, was yes. It it's like, it's like, wait, wait, wait. But we have more for you. <laughs> but yeah. wait, that's not all. Wait, wait. there's more. Yeah. There's, there's, there's exploding hookers with the super crack. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the, the MPAA uh, rated this S for shit, <laughs> which I thought was fucking hilarious. For the first time. I mean, hey, I broke ground. Yeah. And, and. <laughs> this S for 
it's... just the fact that it took him 12 years to make this film. And he which, made it up on the spot. And he made it up on the spot. And then once it once, you know, he sold it, then he wrote the script. He just came up with the idea at a pitch meeting like, uh, uh, Frankenhooker. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I just wanted to take the time. And I know we brought it up earlier to shout out Joseph Gonzalez, who played Zorro, um, who also got a huge shout out in Brain Damage as the nicest motherfucker in a shower. No yeah. shit. <laughs> because he was like totally cool in that shower. Like, calm down, dude. And he wasn't going in there to kill him, Brian was. Yeah. He was like, oh no, dude, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. But but the my my favorite scene with him in this film was when he's he's standing outside of the of the he's in the hotel and he's at that that little window with the dude and he, you just see him like he's just just you know punching his his knuckles into his fist like wait so goddamn there. funny. That's and so goddamn just, funny, that scene. He just bashes the fucking counter right off before he stomps up the stairs. For, he, with like, he opens he was, the door and gets the fucking head right in the face. <laughs> it's like with no effort, too. Like, just like a gorilla, just kind of like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking meathead. <laughs> I don't love that line. Like, fucking exploded. One minute they're my bitches, the next minute they're fried. <laughs> the mayor they ain't got no hoes ain't got nothing <laughs> i mean there's so many lines in this that are just fucking ridiculous and it's so quotable it's so it's fucking funny yeah. uh jenna uh what i also appreciate about this movie like living in the northeast my entire life is it's like a very northeast movie like, yes. you know, like, takes place in New York, like, like, the guy's, like, Jersey boy and everything, and it's, like, <laughs> like, I like the feel, because, like, so many movies are all West Coast stuff, whether as, like, in this movie, it's, like, very much, like, Northeast. <laughs> like, yeah, Jersey. Yeah, was actually well known for that, you know. Yeah, um, like, like, in, a uh, Br- Brain Damage, for sure, like, a New York movie. Yeah, basket case, and I love that because it kind of like you can kind of feel the like weird claustrophobia of New York City in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he like gets that grittiness. In yeah, no, wait, no, Dave. Cleaned up Times Square. Dave, let me ask you this, I'm, I'm, and it's gonna probably tie into what we're, I'm about to ask you. Are you and I the only ones that actually know the city that they're talking about where Jeffrey and Elizabeth live? What Hohokus? Yeah. Never from Hohokus, yeah. <laughs> which is which if you guys don't know it's right outside of Paramus where the big Garden State Plaza Mall is yeah, in yeah. New Jersey it's like it's right there it's like a little town it's like in, what is it it's in between Paramus and what I forget but uh, I, I, I passed it but it was just so funny that Paramus whole Hocus Park. I used to go to Paramus Park all the time that was the mall to go to yeah. when I was a kid mm-hmm. Paramus Park man this movie also made me think of uh, brain damage but also what was it um, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan where like yes. <laughs> like like every side street in New York City is just chock-a-block with hookers you know it's just every <laughs> like he's trying to pick a street to go down and everybody looks at it's like 40 hookers lined up uh, you know I remember New York being kind of sleazy I don't remember being quite that bad like in, like in Jason Takes Manhattan in, <laughs> in Jason, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan they land at the dock and like within 30 seconds they're mugged and have heroin forcibly injected into their bodies and stuff. I just love, I love the portrayal of, just randomly hanging out. I just love the portrayal of New York City from the 80s. It's like, it's like yeah. absolutely 
it's just so funny. And he has to like decide which street to go. It's like, oh, this is the street. This is the street. Because it's got like, I don't know, the best the best looking hookers. I'm not sure what his his. I just love <laughs> I love how New York City is a character in and of itself in these films. It's just yeah. it's just this den of, of of just iniquity, and I love it. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good way to put it is like I, I love movies where uh the like the um set is a character like the city that they're in. Yeah, and I mean if and if a city is gonna be a character in a film, New York City is the best one to choose. It's just The funny thing about that, what you talk about with filming the hookers is when I was reading in, in the trivia and it talked about how this was his first film as a, a screen actors guild. And they hopped in a van and they opened the side of the van and they drove down the street and they filmed all those hookers and all of those hookers became SAG members. Yes. <laughs> <That's because laughs> they got their SAG cards. Which is fucking hilarious. He was like, those are real hookers. You're like, yeah, they're SAG members. Because <laughs> he, he's Hinnenlotter's quoted and, and he said that, that they brought in SAG, SAG carrying members to play the hookers and he said that the ones that you wanted to get nude wouldn't get nude, and the ones that would get nude you didn't want them to, to get, get nude. nude. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, actual, actual hookers. Yeah. Actual hookers. Um, so, you know, for realism. And I guess, um, you know, you were talking about New York, where this was. It was filmed in Tribeca. Yeah. Yeah, it was Tribeca. Yeah, before Tribeca was Tribeca. Yeah, yeah. And before the city got cleaned up. And you know, growing up, I mean, I'm we're in the fucking Midwest. Um, but you know, so I was always scared to go to New York. And we've talked about that with with Jason Takes Manhattan. We're talking about that with um brain damage and stuff. I was scared to go to New York because you know, growing up in the '80s and stuff, and this was 1990, so you know, it still felt kind of '80s. And um, you know, I was scared because I was like, they're gonna, I'm gonna get mugged or killed. Mugged or, and drugged. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? I don't want to go there. It's fucking scary. So oh, we used to love it when I was a kid. I was like 15. Yeah, me. We take we take the bus into the Port Authority and then just sort of, well, we we usually wind up down in Greenwich Village because that was like much more and, and less dangerous too. Um, but yeah, the New York City was living across, growing up across the river from New York City was a great experience. You had this great city right across there, you know, but I didn't live there. But, um, and I, there was something about, I think Times Square has lost some of its appeal now that it's all cleaned up. There was something about the Times Square of the 80s where it was it was literally sex shows and and Joe Bob know, loved that part. There know, was something it. about it. I mean, and he talks a lot about that kind of New York, and that's it's why so much more homogenized and Disneyfied now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he he's yeah, he talked that on the last drive in quite a bit. Um, yeah, you know, when they did brain damage and, and stuff maniac, like that, and, and maniac, yeah, like you know the grittiness of the realness of that time period and what it was like, but having the grindhouse theaters, which, you know, produced grindhouse films, which we all have guilty pleasure for, you know, here. Um, but it's, it's funny you say that because I, it makes me think of growing up as a teenager and, and skateboarding. Um, one of the, the hot places in the nineties the was love park in Philly. And you would see that place pop up in all these skate videos and all these thrasher magazines and all that stuff. And, as a 15-year-old kid, like, that was where I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Love Park. I wanted to skate Love Park. But then you start hearing all this, the stories about homeless people stabbing skateboarders and stealing their skateboards. Yeah. And, you know, people getting shot there and shit. And it was like, oh, maybe not. 
Maybe yeah. I don't want to go there. The, the thing that we have, you know, living in Indianapolis is that Chicago is two hours away. So it was a, a cool thing just the, you know, I guess that was, you know, sort of Jersey people going to New York for us is going to Chicago. Right. Yeah. We don't want to live there, but it's pretty cool to go visit. Yeah, yeah we would just easy. make sure we were home before dark. Right, right. Well, plus, like that in well, plus, plus too, like he'll tell you, like the Port Authority buses stop running at a certain hour. So if you're not on that last bus back into Jersey, like your ass is yeah, stuck in the city. Or right, you're taking right. a fucking cab. And um, just for the record, Love Park is still a place where skaters hang out all the time. Oh, <laughs> I know it is. I know. Yeah, I definitely had a resurgence. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like like what you were saying, like with Chicago, like, you know, you don't want to end up in Cabrini Green or anything. Yeah. You know, back in the day when that yeah, was well, a thing, I mean, we, we, we watch Candyman and then we end Candyman. up in Cabrini Green. And... Here in um, Philly, it's uh, Kensington, which sounds adorable. Right. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, here in Indy, um, oh, God, uh, Hallville. I grew up right outside of Hallville. Yeah. Um, we grew up really actually close to each other. We, we've known each other since we were kids. And um, he was a little bit further away from Hallville, like, you know, than I was. Uh, I was right on the edge of Hallville. And that's that's the place you don't go. Yeah. Still and, got my ass kicked every day. Yeah. And Andy, yeah. Well, I mean, because we still, we lived in rough neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you did not go to Hallville. Not at all. I went there once with a friend who lived there from school. And I was just terrified um so you know indy it, it, it's a big city it doesn't feel like a big city nico knows he's been here it doesn't it's yeah. a big city but it doesn't feel like a big city it doesn't feel like chicago it doesn't feel like those other you know um it's, it's a midwest big city i guess yeah <laughs> it's not chicago <laughs> but every place has their place that you don't go and to kind of back uh piggyback off what you were saying before i remember when i was working at sun coast when this was during that transition period, like in the early 2000s, when how you say like it got Disneyfied and basically it was like gentrification in Times Square at that time, when it got like super cleaned up. Um, there was a DVD series that came out that it was like a, just just a bunch of trailers from like those grindhouse theaters, and the name of it was was 42nd Street Forever. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it and it really like captured like like the essence of like Times Square at that time because I, I grew up in New York I grew up in, in the Bronx and then moved to Jersey so I was you know I'm like Dave I knew Times Square when it was still like a, a grimy gritty shithole you know that like you know there was hookers everywhere and drug dealers and the whole bit now you can't even recognize Times Square for what it is it's it's like so cleaned up now it's yeah, it's like like when I think of it, I think of like the M&M store. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. or like when the big Toys R Us or FAO Schwartz being in the city like that, but like even that's like not the same anymore. Yeah. Even yeah. even the village, even the village has changed over the years now. It's it's, it's gotten cleaned up over there. Even uh, Brooklyn mm-hmm. has changed a lot. <laughs> They're working on the Bronx now. I know. I know that's that's the next um because even Queens is like is like getting updated and. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, they're people are just they, they want better living environments for this thing. I just saw today, too, speaking of New York, that um, it was uh, LL Cool J, Nas, Fat Joe, Slick Rick. They just broke ground. They're building a hip hop museum in the Bronx now. Oh, wow. Finally, yeah, for the, yeah they're they're going to they said they're, they're finally wow. building like this, this whole like like, you know, so the art of hip hop can live on, even though it sucks now with all that bullshit mumble rap but like You're this way those that paved the way still there's still if you dig you you really got to look for it now like the underground shit is better than than the mainstream bullshit it's not but like it was. 
I mean, I, I would I would rather go back. I'd rather go there and remember the fact of like you know the, the, the slick Ricks and like the the LLs and the Public Enemies and the Run DMCs and the Biggies and the Wu Tangs like like that. Not an Eminem. Like not nothing now. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't I, like I don't I don't want to see a display of little little Yachty or little Uzi or whatever little fucker <laughs> that they call themselves. Well, well, Pete, little Zan, little. Little yeah, I like actually know nothing little, about little, like, little, little ball sack. I don't fucking know. Little ball sack. <laughs> what the fuck? Are we, do we just sound like old people? I don't know. <laughs> I think we're starting to. Yeah. Uh, and, well, I mean, to be fair, we're also discussing a movie called Frank and Hooker, so we can't be yeah. that, <laughs> that out of touch. So I wanted to talk about, uh, aside, uh, along with the objectification of women, this movie also talks about sort of like compassion for people who are less fortunate. Like um, they have the, um, the character of the talk show host, Motormouth, who is mm-hmm. obviously supposed to be Morton Downey Jr. Right. Like the original, you know, and, and he's got the guest on talking about uh, her organization for like helping prostitutes. He's like, so what are we supposed to do? The government's supposed to issue condoms, you know? This sort of high and mighty, more conservative, mm-hmm. and even um, our main character when he's like developing the super crack, he's saying, "Well, no one's putting a gun to their head. It's this very sort of, uh, you know, it's not my problem. You know, no one's making them do the drugs. Although he's the one creating the super drug that's going to make them explode. No one's put a gun to their head. I, I wanted to talk about that. How y'all felt about that a little bit? Like, um, um, I thought that was an interesting uh, part of the film too. That's why I felt like it fit into trauma so well because trauma doesn't, you know, they're they're not afraid to go there on anything, and I felt like, um, yeah, they'll go there with, you know, the crack, crack whore, crack hoes. I mean, that's that's a thing, um, and especially was at that time, so it was sort of exploiting that, but you know, um, and and I felt kind of gross when when I saw the girls was. When they found the super crack and they're like, ah, yeah. Yeah, immediately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, let's do all the drugs. Like, super, look, look at how huge these rocks are. They can't even put them in the pipe, you know. And it's just like, I felt kind of disgusted by that, yes. Yeah, speaking of that, the, the one scene where the, the chick's got, like, the huge fucking chunk. Yeah. And she's like, Frank, <laughs> 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 like, I'm going to this fucker, goddammit. Um, Jenna. Yeah, uh, David, thanks for bringing that up because I wanted to bring up that scene too because I loved his cognitive dissonance with it. Like, mm-hmm. I just yeah. loved that whole scene. Like, that was such a good, just like, like if you were to explain cognitive dissonance to someone, like, just put that scene in. <laughs> like, just play that scene and be like, that's what it is. Um, yeah, and I was kind of bummed out that, I, I mean, I get it because, like, it doesn't seem like he was, it seems like he, was trying to loosely put a message in there, but he wasn't necessarily trying to like hammer it in like he did with, um, uh, Green Dead. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but so I, but I was still kind of disappointed when, um, yeah, when they went like, Oh my God, is that crack? Cause I would have liked seeing him just kind of being like, anyways, uh, here it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, Erica, yeah, I, I think with that, where he, he kind of changed his mind about giving them the crack on purpose and they find it anyway, I think it was just to prevent him from being completely unlikable or make him a little more sympathetic. It's like, okay, he was about to back out and sort of do the right thing. But yeah, the, the cognitive dissonance aspect, I mean, it is kind of hilarious. It's like he, 
he like rationally understands that like these like street prostitutes have really rough lives and they have problems with addiction, but it doesn't it's like his own needs or desires override any kind of like real empathy for other people. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I agree. Has to get her girlfriend back no matter what. And and then like give her a new body in the process. So And they're just hookers. Yeah, that that's like yeah, that's the whole point. Treat them as disposable, and I I remember when I first saw this, I I was kind of like uncomfortable because there was that kind of misogynistic element in the story, or at least with the main character. But I I feel like the ending, you know, kind of compensates, like it's it's payback or it's karma. Karma. This is Mike Johnson. Yeah. (laughs) This is Mike Johnson. Um, Nico. I, I just wanted to agree with everybody with pretty much what they're saying about that that scene. And you know, Eric, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head where um, I, I feel like maybe this this was like kind of written in to kind of give him like that that sympathy factor for the audience to kind of be like, all right, well, he's trying to do the right thing, and they still do this anyway. And I feel like you know this that that whole scene I feel like is a big like social commentary because at that point that that's when like the crack epidemic was like it's hitting like it's yes, like yes. like this was just this was just before like New Jack City like really yeah. like came out swinging with you know with with Chris Rock's epic performance as Pookie in in New Jack City but like this really kind of hit the nail like how addictive like this shit really was to people back then that are I mean I know it's I know it's still around it's not as big as what it used over that we don't know about anyway but back then this was like the normal when you hear you crack kills or it mean, tends to be a, a a theme with a drug right now it's opioid addiction um but back then yes it was the crack epidemic and I crack, know it's yeah, still an epidemic it's was, still going on but yeah, yeah but back then it was the news right like I mean literally we have what Nancy Reagan on TV just say no yeah Where, you know yeah. Crack, crack crack is whack like this, this was this was too. such a big thing. Yeah. He's yeah, like, oh, he we could just yeah. say no. <laughs> well, and, and, yeah. and if you think about it, during during the scene in the the hotel room, the song that's playing is called "Don't Say No." Yeah. You know, which which yeah. is kind of fucking ironic. <laughs> um, but I I wanted to uh, to hop in and talk about Andy Clement, who was one of the many special effects uh, guys on this. Um, and he went on to actually have a really good career. Uh, he did a lot of Marvel stuff, Deadpool, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor. Um, but he he started out with uh, The Princess Bride. Oh, and as you wish. ended up doing this and, and Basket Case 2. But uh, Dave, I just wanted to throw out our little MST3K reference. He also did Zombie Nightmare. Which is a, a George huge, A. Romero's Casey at the Bat. <laughs> which is a huge. Favorite. <laughs> I love but that one. The scene, the scene with the exploding hookers, the way that they filmed that, and some of them, some of them, as we watched it, some of them were kind of really like filmed really shittily. Yeah. Like you know, like they they freeze on them and then they you know you yeah. can obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's not real. And, and some of them were actually pretty good. Some of them, like they held the poses perfectly, you know. And uh, but but it's funny because he spent almost all the budget on that. Yeah. And after you know after they did all that and, and all the pyrotechnics and all that stuff, and then he was like, "Fuck, how are we going to shoot the lab scene?" Because they they blew all their budget on exploding all of those hookers. Which you know, okay, cool. That works. 
Splitting hookers were very important to the plot. But something I read afterwards, which I had noticed when we were watching, was the uh, the the garage laboratory is actually four times bigger than what the outside of the garage looks like. Yeah. And I had noticed it when we were watching it because I was like, there's That's no a lot of fucking, fucking way he could fit all that in the garage. And then I go back afterwards and I read the the trivia and it talked about how they did that intentionally to kind of give it, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they fucking did it, but they fucking did it. And, <laughs> but I mean, it, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, OK, this. this well, weird. maybe it's one of those things where it's like Snoopy's house where on the outside. Side, it looks like that, but when they yeah, go in, it's, it's like this fucking like mansion on the inside. And right, I want right, to go yeah. a step further and say they probably intentionally did that cut scene where it's like it doesn't fit right. Like it'll right. be like one girl and then it like kind of jumps and then she explodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very frightening. I, I feel like I feel like from Dust Till Dawn also kind of had, had a similar bit with the end when the vampires are exploding. Yes. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. maybe that maybe that was paying homage to Frankenhooker because a lot of them freeze frame and it doesn't look right when they explode and I think that yeah. that could be like a wink to the audience for that. You're right. That, it could, could be. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to throw in really quick. Uh, first, um, our LGBTQ uh little bit here. Um, when he when he's looking at you know they're smoking the super crack and makes them all sexed up. And you know the women start kissing each other. He's like, that's not natural. That's not right. Like he's got a problem with you know them you know being bisexual or, or lesbians or whatever you know or, or just kissing. You know he was having a problem with that. But that I love how the ending that adds more to the ending because yeah. he is female and his girlfriend's like, we can be together and I I love you so much and we can be together. And he's like, damn it, I'm a girl and that's a natural. You know, like, ha fucker. You know, so we got, you know, we got a little throwback for, um, you know, a, a little look at, uh, you know, wink and nod towards the LGBTQ community. Even back in 1990, um, I, I really like that. And it, it adds more to the ending. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to throw that out there. Um, Erica. Well, it, it's a little off topic, but I was just thinking this must be like the first blue collar mad scientist character I've seen in a movie. It was definitely like a different take on the mad scientist trope. Like his lab looks filthy. Yeah. It's not sanitary at all. <laughs> yeah. If <laughs> I, I were. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. I just thought that was like a little like I was watching. It's like, oh, what the hell? Like, and then like, how does he. He has all this advanced knowledge and he can't like stay in med school or he keeps getting rejected or thrown out and it's <laughs> but if I were to think if I were to think of like a Jersey boy like yeah. like a mad scientist Jersey boy, that's exactly who I would think of. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> we're being stereotyped, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wanted to throw in um because oh, you know me boy. talking about boobs. Um her perma nipples in the outfit, fucking drive me crazy. <laughs> like those nipples, like I mean, because it's like it's. I really did like a, a little bit of the homage, you know, because obviously inspired by Frankenstein, very very loosely, mm-hmm. and in that he created life. So you know, she goes way up in that really terrible, awful looking model looking thing, up into the sky, comes back down. She's got the big thick boots like Boris Karloff wore, but you know, but they're you know kind of hooker shoes 
but they've got the huge platform. And then she's wearing the outfit, but it has the permanent nipples in the outfit. And that drives me nuts. I can't stop looking at her nipples. <laughs> and those aren't really her nipples. It's like, why do we need extra nipples on the nipples? And you know what I was still notice when she, she was when when she was going up, she was laying down, and when she came back down, she was standing upright. Standing up, yes. Out of nowhere, it was just like, oh, she got shocked, and all I of a sudden she's standing up. That because we're talking, you know, if we try to put logic here, we're gonna hurt ourselves. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, again, I have to know. stress that the movie called Frankenhooker, so there's right, not much that you right. can think about. Right. <laughs> To be different, though, I never thought about putting logic to brain damage, and you brought some fucking logic to that. I can't it, bring logic to this. Totally. No, I this one. I can't. This, do this that one has this no logic. Film. I could do that with brain damage because I had the raw materials. With Frankenhooker, I can't really, I can't really do what I did with brain damage. <laughs> I just, I just can't do it. Well, that's good because I think he, in, you know, he intended this to be a comedy. Yes, not you nothing know, it wasn't, related. It, 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 it had very minor horror elements to it there wasn't a whole lot of gore no blood really um but but she definitely looked good like like once she came back as frankenhooker her facial expressions and the way that she you know we talked about how she she did her mouth and like it it was yeah i mean it was so good i loved it Erica, you almost got it. <laughs> almost, but she didn't make the other, like the upper lip go the other direction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sean, her Sean got face, it. Yeah, her yeah. face twitches are great. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole time, her face twitches are like on point. I was, yeah. I was in a movie um, where I had, where I was a zombie, and I was trying to do like these face twitches, and I thought they looked really good, and then I watched the movie, and I'm like. <laughs> that's how i feel when i listen to the podcast yeah like oh my god did i really say that fuck <laughs> Every, but um i had another point uh that i was going to say and i don't fucking remember it's so like right there uh so somebody else go ahead because i can't remember my thought well i wanted someone to explain to me the drilling into the head because uh, we I mean, he does it, but we don't. I don't get anything. There's no um, backstory. To that. I can, yeah, I can tell you all about trepanation because it's actually kind of interesting. <laughs> what is that like? Manipulating your all thought processes or something? Um, it was originally used to like kind of like get rid of headaches in like Way I know back that, in the day, yeah, medieval time, and uh, Egyptians did it and stuff. And so it got like uh, there was what I don't remember her name, but there was an artist who actually did that, and she like filmed herself doing it, and she was like so fucking like cool and beatnik man, and it was like in the 70s. Yeah. So then trepanation started getting bigger in the 70s. So I'm. <laughs> sure that i'm sure that it was probably alluding to something along those lines <laughs> is it like well, some form of like you... brain stimulation like like they yeah. do it certain parts of the and brain and also i think they believe especially like in medieval times with the headache type stuff that it was sort of releasing tension and yeah you know that, that it was actually your brain that. that was hurting, you know? Yeah, they thought that it, it was, was like deep. swelling in your brain, so they would drill right. a hole in it. But yeah, then, but like, this, like, uh, I forgot the woman's name, but, like, it turned into something in the 70s where it was more like, like, it'll make you trip out, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, like you'll you'll become one. Certain places <clears throat> in your brain, which is what they do in um, ECG, is it ECG treatments? Yeah. 
ECT treatments, because um, they stimulate parts of your brain, um, which you know a lot of people know as shock therapy, but it is still done. It shouldn't be because it's kind of useless. It yeah. doesn't really work. My cousin gets it all the mm-hmm. time, but you know they stimulate certain parts of your brain with the electricity, and it's the pleasure centers. So you're supposed to feel happier and whatever, but it is also very addictive. Yeah. You know, going back to the addiction, you know, ECT is very addictive it, because it stimulates those parts of your brain that make you feel so great. Yeah, it made me think of a lot about like uh, lobotomies. Yes. Like like how they did lobotomies back in the day. That was in the frontal lobe. Yeah. Yeah. So on that trepidation subject, um, that was the topic of Andrei Iskanov's first film, Nails, where this hitman has crushing migraine headaches, and he reads a story in a magazine about this. Uh, some other guy who did self-trepanation to cure his own headaches and it works and he was otherwise perfectly healthy so he starts pounding nails into different parts of his skull and gets addicted to it but every time he puts more nails in he starts hallucinating more or or seeing mm-hmm. parts of reality that are really there that normal people can't see, can't see like yeah. his girlfriend's actually a monster and food's actually disgusting you know shit in there but that was a joke about Russian food Uh, (laughs) see that that kind of makes me think and i know it's i know it's different i know it's more like uh uh uh, sadism but uh, albert fish the the serial killer who used to drive drive nails into his scrotum Mm -hmm. oh Oh, god (laughs) and that was so again I think that was more of like, you know, it was sexually derived, but yeah. you know, that's that's for a different podcast. I guess so. <laughs> the podcast that screams for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh Jenna. That 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 actually reminds me of um so her name is Amanda Fielding and she was the one who like if you want to see gore, she drilled a something like right into her forehead for like a couple hours just like a little kind of thing frank drill yeah and um she filmed all of it so it was like just like what was the part man amanda fielding amanda fielding yeah i'm never looking that up ever yeah he's like all of that she's still alive Remember scanners? Oh. Did he, didn't the dude do that? Michael Ironside do that in scanners? He tried to drill yeah. a hole in his, yeah. his he did to let the spirits out or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, some wild shit. I wanted to talk about, and I know Erica talked about it earlier, but I wanted to touch on it. Um, you know, when they at, at the beginning, you know, Erica's definitely correct about the crimes of fashion. Like even for 1990, that was some ugly shit. She was wearing that fucking jumper. No. But they did it, and and I, I have a story about that because okay, so um, you know my spinal thing, I've gained a lot of weight, and I ordered these really fucking cool pants. Uh, Nika's one that showed them to me. Um, that have pairing from uh, Nairn Street three, and they say I'm beautiful and bad. Now I had to order them in my size, so you know obviously my waist is bigger, it, you know my belly, but they don't, but they didn't update that size so the ass size is still the regular size ass i'm like well when your belly gets bigger when you gain weight you gain weight all over your body so yeah my ass got bigger so those pants they don't fit me in the ass but they fit me around the waist i'm like you gotta realize that my ass is gonna get big too damn like so they're talking about how fat she is and i'm like no she's not she's like Literally, basically, what men want right now are are the uh, the feminine ideal at the moment, which is the big ass, 
kind of a cinched waist, bigger bust. I mean, and that's all. Oh, they just added a little padding in there. She wasn't even fat. She wasn't overweight. She, she only thing that, that made her look hideous was that outfit. Like, you know, um, definitely not fat. Like, they, they barely padded her ass. They just put a little belly fat there. And I'm like, when you go gain weight, you gain it everywhere. Look at these fucking flabby ass arms. Like, it's everywhere. Like, and, and that kind of made me feel like, dude, like, really? And this was before, like, heroin chic in the 90s. I mean, this is, you know, which was, like, later on in the 90s. I mean, this was, like, no, she just looked regular. I mean, she looked actually pretty good. Um, what the fuck, except for that outfit. Like, that wasn't bad. And I'm still mad at London 1888. They make cool shit, but, like, my ass does grow with my waist. Get your shit together. My ass does not Mine fit. Your it, shit. It's like Get it a all together. Ass and like a bigger waist. And I'm like, no, I don't have a size medium ass. Right? Order a medium. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Every time I gain weight, it's just the belly. It's great. And the face. <laughs> yeah, I already have a chubby face, but it's like, you don't have like great cheekbones, so they're a little hidden right now. But it's like, I don't know, man. My boobs always stay big, but, like, my ass should not be the size that it fucking is. But, um, you know, I gained a lot of weight. My lower body, when you guys see me in person in July, you're going to be like, oh, that's disappointing. Uh, I'm great oh from the waist down. Uh, that's ever. why you never see me from the waist down. Uh, Wait, yeah, r- real quick. Just like size medium ass doesn't exist. It does not fit into those, those pants that don't expand the ass. I'm angry at that. Well, when I gain weight, it's all in my double chin and my boobs. Oh, so. oh hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jenna, are, are you going to the Joe Bob event? Dundee. Those are boobs. This is boobs. Um, I don't. What is the Joe Bob event? It's it was the event at the Mahoning. Um, Enjoy. Mahoning Drive-In is doing Joe Bob's uh jambor- drive-in jamboree, where him and Darcy are going to be appearing live. Wow. And doing but um, the, but, but, the, but they're doing the actual last drive-in live for Shutter and Shutter's filming it. And, and we all have VIP, yeah. which are technically called VIA. Yeah, we're all flying out. But we're oh, nice. Just, well, whatever. Yeah. I wanted to sound cool, David. We're not flying. <laughs> Eric is driving with us. She's flying here. And flying driving. is fancier. Yeah. yeah, but we're not. We're gonna spend all of our money there, and we spent the money on the tickets. We're gonna drive there, but it'll, I think it'll be a fun road. I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah. We'll make it fun. I'm and how long is it? It's ten hours, right, or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Nine. I thought it's not, it's not too too bad, but yeah, I've I've driven much longer, much much longer, and we're we're gonna have fun on that road trip and give us extra time with Erica. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> then I'm I'm sure Erica and Candy will duct tape me and throw me in the back and just take over. So <laughs> oh, you're, you're gonna be the hood ornament. What are you talking about? <laughs> driver, we're gonna hang out and talk. You get to just drive. Um, Erica, do you have the top two? Like the Frankenhooker top. I didn't really have like a normal like purple top. Oh, that is shiny. beautiful. I, I love that. I forgot I had this outfit from um that I, we were gonna use for Andre Iskanov's ingression, which we were gonna film in Thailand last year, and then everything got shut down, so we have to put that on hold. But I got this from Dolls Kill, and it's like, well, it kind of works I for this. I love Dolls Kill. Yeah, My dog is from there. I just have like a, a torrid like top with like yeah, you can see my boobs literally oh like through the holes but i, I do have a broad but my, I, I i like to show my boobs i got this at target yeah i got this for my aunt 
Nice. That's what everyone's like, oh, have you been to Georgia? I'm like, no, I've never been to Georgia in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Dave's like, damn yeah. it. I just got my, like, my skanky top on. I have skanky skanky ones, top but on. You know, big-ass hole all over it so you can see, like, all the way into my cleavage, which is, you don't want to go there. It's like the abyss. <laughs> anyway, on that note, let's, uh, let's move into <laughs> reviews. Um, I love this film. I'm going to go first, of course. But um, I love this film. It's just really fun. Um, it, it does feel like a trauma film, so it makes sense that trauma has their name on it. With it, the Frank Hennenlauter is just like, yeah, if Frank Hennenlauter and trauma had a baby, this would be it. And it is. So, uh, you know, it's fun. Um, it's something that I could enjoy, but, like, it's not like brain damage for me. It's not Hannah Ladder's best work. It's probably his best known work. Well, that and Basket Case. Um, but you know, Frankenhooker's the one that usually reels them in and gets people more involved in Hinnon Letter's work. So you know you gotta give it props for that. Um yeah, and I just I love the performances, uh, you know, and just for what they are. You know, I you can't go into this and be serious. I mean, we can take some things from it, but not like brain damage where we can really make a, a whole fucking serious tone. There's there's just too much fun and ridiculousness in this that, um, you know, it doesn't have that dark feeling that brain damage does, that doom feeling. So, yeah, um, it's fun. I, I don't get offended by it because I know what it is. I know what I'm doing. I know it's trash. I like trash sometimes with my intellectual soup. Uh, I gotta have a little trash in there for flavor. So yeah, <laughs> seven out of ten, super crack rocks for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna give this uh, 8.5 out of 10 exploding crack horse. <laughs> and then I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, we oh, all the crack sorry. stuff. <laughs> uh, I I have a lot of fun with this movie. Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time, and going back and rewatching it, it was fucking great um a lot of things that i wished you know I, I wish there was more gore now i know that they weren't going they were going for more of a comedy yeah than they were a horror but i would have loved to have seen more gore out of the exploding horrors um i think gore would just made it better yeah just you know just, yeah. just limbs flying blood splattering i think they really missed out uh on some things there uh, but all in all, I think the, the film's fun. Um, it's a great time. Uh, it's fun explaining to my kid what the film's about. Um, <laughs> I am uncontrollably uncontrollably laughing. Um, so, yeah, eight and a half out of ten exploding crack horse. Um, Nico. I'm going to agree. I'm going to give this an eight and a half out of ten Bill Murray endorsements. Yeah. As um, I don't, I don't even see this as a horror movie. To be honest with you, it's not even a little bit of a horror movie. It's it's a total comedy, and it's it's um, one of my favorite toppings on pizza is extra cheese, and this is the extra cheesiest that you could probably get is this movie. <laughs> um, it knows exactly what it is. It's not afraid to to you know pander to its audience, which is amazing. Um. Could it have benefited from a couple more dollars in the budget? Absolutely. But uh, again, I think that also helped it to kind of become the cult classic that it is. I mean, here it is, what, 31 years later, and we're still talking about a movie called Frankenhooker. And, it, and it's it's still funny. It's still extremely funny. The, the effects, 
are a little dated, but like they, they work for this type of film. You know, this isn't exactly, um, you know, like a Schindler's List or, you know, like yeah. an Oscar bait type of movie. This is one of those, like, <laughs> just sit the, this, exactly. this honestly could almost, this honestly could be a party movie almost like you throw this on with a bunch of people at your mm-hmm. house. Yeah. You smoke, smoke yeah. a joint, get a little drunk and watch this and people are going to walk out of it like, holy shit, that was a funny fucking movie. And they, they totally get into it. Um, agree with you 100% that this is naturally would be a trauma flick in some way, shape or form. Because I think, like, had had Hennelotter not made this, I think Lloyd would have eventually yeah. made yeah. something yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah. Or or it would have been something crazy like Robo Pimp or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> with Zorro. Pimp. That you know, would be okay to see that. Damn it, now I want to see that. I would pay to see that with Zorro. I, I will not make that movie, Sean. Don't ask me. <laughs> but, um, Damn it. But, yeah, I, I, I love it. Again, I think it was kind of cool the first time I saw it was that was – with Patty Mullen, like basically in attendance watching it for the first time. So, um, so yeah, eight and a half out of 10 Bill Murray endorsements. And he's 100% right. If you see one movie this year, absolutely see Frank and hooker, watch it on shutter while it's still on there. And I'm surprised it's not on Joe Bob yet. And I'm, I'm, it's gotta be on Joe Bob eventually. This was tailor made for the last drive in this movie. Uh, oh yeah. His kind of experience with it. She likes to dress up like Frank Hooker and yeah. Yeah, but that led to some other stuff we we, we never yeah, touched yeah, on that we there, probably shouldn't touch on. Bits with that with Darcy and Frank and Hooker. Yes. Yeah, yeah we just, should we should maybe not touch on that. Yeah. I just want to throw out the comment you said about uh, how it could have used a few more dollars in the budget. This was actually Frank Hinnelotter's biggest budget. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I saw it at two, two point, yeah, two point five million. This he had, and I'm, Dang. and I'm struggling to make money on my Indiegogo, and like, he got two point five to make a movie called Frank and a Hooker. Two point five million, and they only grossed two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I think Colt Satis. Colt saved, Satis probably saved it, saved it, saved yes. it but yeah. Oh, absolutely, and you know, look, look at the residuals, or even like what Patty Mullen alone pulls in at conventions when she goes, and James Lorenz when they're together. And they do the photo ops with her as Franken Hooker and him as as Doctor Franken. Yeah. You know. So. But yeah, no, I I think I think it still it still holds up. It's still gonna continue living. It's for a very long time. Like, you know, our kids, kids, kids will still be watching Franken Hooker at parties or on Halloween time or something. Yes. So. Um, who would like to go next? I can. Um, okay. Dang. Although I wish I had then thought of like my rating, you know, thing um, since exploding hookers is taken. <laughs> I always I always go first so nobody can take mine. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll give it um, eight out of five garage laboratories. Eight out of five. Oh, sorry. Eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. She just had a Frankenhooker glitch. It's okay. She's dressed as Frankenhooker. It was just a glitch. One a day. You gotta make the you gotta do the whole do the whole twitchy face. That was funny. Yeah, eight out of ten. Nasty garage laboratories. Um, I, I do agree this is like maybe not Hen and Lauder's best film, but I think it's his funniest film. Uh, definitely a great party movie. Um, as, as uncomfortable as some of that stuff was, I did really laugh at the exploding hooker scene. And it was like, hilarious. Even though I'm like super feminist, I just found that like just too funny. Um, 
So this is like, <laughs> I've been on a jag of like laughing at, at movies I shouldn't laugh at. Like the untold story was another one that just cracked me up when I watched that recently. I feel um, that. that. That one's messed up, but uh, yeah, I, I, this is a really fun movie. I liked it more than the first time I saw it, you know, um, uh, what, probably saw it in the late, late 90s, I think, so. That's good. Um, Dave? I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 eyeball brains. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it gets an extra point for me because of all the love it gives to the original Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Mm. Yeah. Um, like there's a scene, um, well, eyeball brain obviously is a reference to, uh, the brain that wouldn't die. But then she, when she goes into the bar, she picks up the bowl of pretzels and she says, pretzels good. That's right out of, that's right out of the line <laughs> scene in Bride when he says, you know, friends good. And also when she comes down with her big reveal after she comes down from the platform and she's become Frankenhooker, they have these wedding bells playing in the background, which is right out of Bride of Frankenstein when she's revealed. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of love for those, and I think Bride of Frankenstein is just—I could watch that movie in an endless loop. It's so brilliant. Uh, um, so yeah, nine out of ten uh, eyeball brains. I want a little eyeball brain like action plushie. I need that. <laughs> to have, like, yeah, yeah, let's get on that. We need to I, that happening. Yeah. I want a little Aylmer. Hmm. I want Aylmer. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> oh, and, the, uh, and uh, that actor, the one who did the voice of Aylmer, he's—he's he's got exactly. the. Exactly. Uh, he does make an appearance. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, he's the weatherman. Yep. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah, that laugh that. that gives him away, especially yeah. that laugh after he, he predicts the weather. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> um, Jenna. Um, I give it, I'm going to say seven out of ten purple nipples. <laughs> uh, an odd number of nipples. <laughs> I I, I do like this movie a lot, um, but as you said, like, I mean, brain damage is just so good, and I kind of have a uh, nostalgia for Basket Case, and um, even though, like, I know that Basket Case isn't the best thing in the world, but I really like it, Um, and uh, this one, it's still really good, but it, I, you know, if I'm comparing it to his other films, this is definitely, like, third place on the list. Um, so, uh, but I, yeah. And as you said, like, it's kind of like that trauma horror where it's barely horror. I would say it's still horror, but it's like the very, like, like if you were to put horror on a scale, like it would be just like reaching that point where like, like if they just went a step down and they just didn't have as much like explosions or, uh, body parts or something it would be considered uh just comedy rather than horror um and i do agree that there should have been way more gore that would have made the movie so much better um but a little bit more endearing yeah exactly but you know like it's it's got so much personality that you can't not love it (laughs) it's very charming yeah very charming movie and like especially for a movie called frankenhooker like when i first heard of that i was like what What like like what am i gonna watch right now like it's gonna be some terrible movie and i'm like oh i actually really liked that movie yeah Yeah. it's it's actually kind of funny because some of the guys i work with they know that we record on thursdays and so one of them asked me today he said so what are you guys talking about tonight and i said frankenhooker and he's like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) tune in (laughs) <laughs> so 
at this point, I will go ahead and just announce what we've got coming up. Um, we are going to be doing Little Shop of Horrors, the Frank Oz version of the oh, musical. Gosh. This will be the second horror musical we've done because we did Rocky Horror, of course, first. So we're doing Little Shop of Horrors. We've got uh, Event Horizon. Jenna will be right back here very, very shortly uh, to do Event Horizon with us. I cannot wait. I'm very yeah. excited to do that. Um, we've got a Ghouls Night Out coming up. We're doing The Craft. Um, so tune in for Erica and I's um, feminist uh, review of The Craft. Mean Girls with Magic. Yeah. <laughs> mean Girls with Magic, <laughs> truly. Um, so you can probably get some idea of where we're going to go with that one um so that's exciting and then we have a live show but that'll already have happened by the time this is out so i'm not going to say what that is so i mean that's enough of a preview um yes yeah, so let's let's do plugs um nico i want you to go first because you've got a lot to to say but before i even do my stuff i'll i'll do um for robin max and stuff i hear yes, to check out yes, the, yes, the yes. action the action drunkies um and then, what are they, Action Drunkies on Instagram and on Twitter as well? And yeah. on Facebook, yes. And on Facebook. Um, and then Rob's on Instagram and Twitter as the Cinema Drunkie? Yep. Yep. Okay. And Mac is Mac, Mac the All-Star? Mac, Mac the All-Star. So check them out. Um, I'm waiting to do the Last Dragon episode with them, guys. So come on, let's hurry that up. <laughs> Last Dragon, um, so good. <laughs> I, I love that movie. Yeah, I've got I a project I'm working on um, with the Action Darkies. I'm going to do a little special, so I can't reveal that right now, but something's coming for me with them. So I, I found out to, just a little while ago that I shared with everybody here that I'm not going to tell you know the listeners, but we actually have the potential to get a massive name for Sticks and Stones. So You're we perfect. absolutely... Yeah, literally fingers crossed on this one because if we can get this, this is huge. Um, the Indiegogo was still live. I have a link tree. It's on my um, Instagram, which is Al Jefe Del Horror. The boss. And I'm just gonna look that up because I don't I don't know what it is offhand. Let me just say I'm sorry. I it's, didn't uh, hear this. It's uh, L I N K T R dot E E uh, slash the real Nico Nice. The links for the Sticks and Stones Facebook page, Instagram page, and I have to put the Twitter on there. That will be on there, and there, there'll be a link for the House That Screams on there as well, and for the Action and Drunkies, and awesome. whatever Jenna's got going on, and for My Horrific Life, I'll, I'll tag everybody in that as well. Um, but yeah, we really need to get like the money up for this, like especially to get this particular person, because it's huge who this is. And it's it's going to be pretty awesome if if we can actually like get this all together with this. So we we're in the midst of casting. So we're, which I, I appreciate everybody that, that has already donated. I, I thank you guys really for, for taking the time to do that and spreading the word about it. Um, we're in the midst of casting now. We actually cast somebody last night to play um, one of the key roles in, in the film. Um, we should have some more final um, casting announcements uh, shortly. So... And, you know, of course, our favorite unhappy camper from Camp Arawak yeah. is in the film because because Felissa has to do something with me because, we, you know, we've been talking about it for a long time. So, yep. And uh, Dave Sheridan from Scary Movie and yeah. Devil's Rejects and Bubble Boy will, will also be in the movie. So that that's that's another plus. Wow. So, but we really want to get this particular person um, like as soon as possible for this. So. Well, and with how I feel about that particular person, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure it happens. Yeah. So if, if, if you guys haven't figured out that, there, there's your clue right there. Yeah. 
Um, Billy Zane. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> I'm not allowed. It's not my, my business to tell. Um, Erica. Uh, find me at myhorrificlife.com on Instagram at myhorrificlife. Um, not a lot in the way of plugs tonight other than I want to promote the makeup that Candy and I are working on. We have a new palette uh, coming out that is like the most awesome label I've seen in forever. It's so um, cool. So, uh, so definitely um, check out our socials for updates on that and links on purchasing it. Um, also want to tease a little information uh, for those of you who are out in the uh, Southern California area, especially, or I mean, I guess any anywhere because uh, Andrew Devoff is doing a fundraiser soon that um, part of it's to finish a few projects at the brewery, but the other half is going to go to charities. Oh, awesome. I don't think the charities have been finalized yet, but um, we definitely appreciate any donations you can give. I know one will be um, uh, an organization that helps uh, with um, women who have breast cancer. I'm not totally sure about the other ones. I think a couple will be local uh, charities that help that that community where Three Marm is based. So that's all I've got. Those links, and I will put them on our Twitter and in Instagram and everything else, and we'll do what we can to uh, raise funds. Okay, excellent. Thank amazing. you. Yeah. And and Erica, does his brewery ship nationwide? Um, working on it. So um, we have been uh, working with a company called SoCal.Beer. Um, and they may still have some of the beer in stock, but they can only ship to 13 states because of like ABC licensing, you know, regulatory issues. We do want to get to the point where we can distribute across the whole country. Right now, the mail order try thing the is. Try the Brew. I definitely yeah. want to try the Gentella. Well, I, I do want to bring out some like some sampler packs for everyone who's coming to the Joe Bob event and maybe like gift a pack to Joe Bob himself too. But I want all of you guys to be able to try free marm beer especially since you know maybe it's not easy for you to make it out to california right oh, yeah it's not <laughs> definitely i'd be on board for that yeah awesome uh dave um yeah uh no plugs except uh, yeah i miss uh, mac and rob wish they had been here yeah and uh yeah just a, just a pleasure as always awesome uh jenna uh, yeah, I don't think any plugs. Um, I guess I'll mention that uh, we're doing an Indiegogo for Pact of Vengeance, a Len Kabazinski movie that's going to be starring uh, Leo Fong, um, John Michael Thor from... Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I Yes, thank you. <laughs> and then Diamante, who is a pro wrestler from AEW. Um, but nice. I think the campaign might be closed by the time that this, because I think we only have like a couple days or something left. Well, if you if you get me the links like right away, I'll I'll do what I can in the meantime. These couple oh, days. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just to me, um, through Instagram or, or whatever, and I'll promote those as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, we've made our budget, so that's cool. So anything else that anyone can make just kind of helps us make a you know cooler movie <laughs> awesome awesome um, and, and, and you can put that towards the special effects right oh yeah the explosions <laughs> we're gonna have way more exploding, exploding hookers, hookers now. Hookers. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I'm Wait. Zombie Wasabi on Twitter and Zombie Futon on Instagram. And I also want to plug your makeup line because it looks amazing and I can't wait to buy some. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, I have two more things to promote real quick. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut it. I totally forgot. Um, so my, my buddy Bobby's doing the NAPA Horror Film Festival in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the weekend of June 12th. That's a double feature that's going to have rock and roll high school and ice cream. Oh. Man. And Clint, ha- Clint Howard will be there in person uh, to meet fans and sign autographs. Yeah. Clint Howard's going to be there. And they just announced last night for the Mahoning. They're doing a double feature the weekend of August 13th. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and adventures in babysitting with Keith Coogan live nice. um, meeting fans. Wow. I'm excited. Clint Howard's one of my favorite people of all time. Like, I can't wait to meet him. Man is amazing. <laughs> So creepy. Nice. Tickets are still on sale for the NEPA Horror Fest. If they go on, I think it's nepahorrorfilmfest.com. You purchase tickets on there, and it's an all-day event. There's gonna be bands, vendors, and you know the movie start at nine. And Clint Howard. I mean, what more do you want? Clint, Clint Howard. Howard. Yeah. That's right. And like I said, all of you guys with uh, you know, fundraisers going on, definitely get me those links like right after the show, and I will work on the socials. Um, because we have we have quite a Twitter following, um, Instagram following, so like you know I can get the word out through that um, to the best of my ability. So because I work social, I'm kind of like our mail girl, uh, as well as hostess. Can't be the mail girl. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> I always wanted to be his mail girl. I always did. Well, you're my mail girl. Well, so. All right. <laughs> so I get to be the hostess and the mail girl. So you know I do it all. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I don't. He he does a lot, and, and everything that you guys contribute means so much to me. I uh, want to thank uh, you know Jennifer for coming onto the show, and we will see you actually next week again. So that'll be exciting because you know love having me on the show. Um, for me, God, there is so much to plug. So I'm just gonna like do my link tree. Um, can find uh, my makeup line, um, which Erica is now involved in. Uh, it's Final Girl Cosmetics US. Uh, we are on Etsy. Um, we do horror themed beauty makeup. Uh, a lot of it's like really fun colors. We're doing unconventional shit. It's not your nude palettes from fucking Urban Decay. This is some wild <laughs> shit, you know. That I think you know there's a, a definite need for um, out there, and 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 the horror theme is just really fun, and they're, it's just gorgeous colors. So that's there. Um, everything that uh, links to uh, the House of Screams, uh, our Twitter, our um, my. Instagram, but it, I really talk about the House of Screams and my makeup basically on there. So, um, which are kind of tied together. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, my link tree is linktr.ee slash candy the final girl. You're going to find all of those things. Um, we do miss uh, Mac and Rob tonight. So, shout out to you guys and um, shout out to everybody who responds to, you know, our episodes and gets excited because that makes me more excited than I already am. And I'm already like super excited to do episodes. So, you know, we get so much positivity out there. Thank you for your support. And what we do, thank you for downloading and listening. Um, you know, we, we've reached a point like everything we release is just immediately bam, you know, and, um, we've worked really hard to get here guys. So give yourselves a pat on the back. You, you know, we've worked hard and it's paying off. You know, um, I mean, to, like to be us, fair, though, they really like us. <laughs> but to me, to be fair, this would this it's it's a the house that screams and you and Sean are the foundation of said house. We're mom and so dad. They would, they're, they're, but they but they wouldn't be a house without you two. <laughs> well, you know, there wouldn't so, be a house so thank you for letting right. us. 
thank you for letting us come into your house. You're, you're, are you family? Absolutely. Family. I love so, no, no, I get what I'm saying, but like, thank you guys for allowing us into your house as you know to, to play with you guys, basically. Yeah. Well, two hours. We wouldn't have it any other way. You guys can play with me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, only onlyfans.com slash play with Sean. <laughs> I I love editing you guys every week. It's great. <laughs> uh, I always help pick the clips, so I just you know I it's like shake and bake. I helped. Um, God, that is. Does that show my age? Yeah. Okay. Fuck. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I would, got it. It was all our age. Don't worry. <laughs> I just, you know, I want to, I want to thank Jenna for being on tonight. Um, yes, thank you, Jenna. And I'm so looking forward to Event Horizon because I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. Everybody is looking forward to it. I'm so glad that we actually had to reschedule it because, um, you know, nobody could make it that night, and I really want everybody that was going to do it to be on there. And so it's happening now, and we're all going to be part of it, and because it's going to be a fucking amazing episode, just yeah. like. You know, same energy as in the mouth of badness. <laughs> and my co-host um, uh, for a podcast that I will not mention right now because we haven't, I haven't edited anything yet. <laughs> we have a lot of episodes coming up. Um, we'll be there as well. And she yeah, is, I'm excited to meet meet yeah, that. Person. Yes, she's the biggest Event Horizon fan I know. So it'll be, she's super excited. <laughs> it's gonna be exciting, yeah. So we've got a lot of really exciting shit coming up. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, big shout out to uh, Mac and Rob who couldn't be here again, like everyone else said. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, shout out to Ian, Lindsay, and Lucy at Behind the Screams. Um, we love Behind the Screams. Our sister podcast. Yes. And uh, to all the fans that, that listen to us, thank you for uh, putting up with us. You like us. You really like us. <laughs> that astounds me every day. I'm like, people like us? Because people in my house, like, they're like, shut the fuck up. You talk about <laughs> people actually like on purpose listen to me. I'm like, thank you. I needed that validation. <laughs> so yes. Uh God, is that everything? I think that's everything. I, I hope that's everything since all my brain has. <laughs> this was really fun. Um and I'm definitely it's gonna be a change in tone for Vet Horizon, but that's okay. Um we like to do that. So Again, thank you, and um, you guys have a good night. Get those links to me so I can start working on social media right away, and um, I will do my very best. Anybody else? Excellent. You good guys. night, everybody. Love you all. Good night. Have a good night. Love you guys. Good night, guys. Love you. Good night. Where's my Johnson? Bye, everyone. <laughs> 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 Getting money? <laughs>